Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, <gasps> and <gasps> magical realism written by writers mm. from colorful backgrounds. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, nice for y'all to join us again. Um, yeah, it's yeah, so good that you're back. Yeah. We're so happy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> ooh, e. Ooh, we are really excited <laughs> right like like we're not bullshitting like <laughs> actually, we're actually like thank shocking. you for listening like my god um also i'm pretty sure this is like either our hundredth or a hundred and first episode which is like wild one hundred of the yeah what a right. hun- oh my god mm-hmm. remember when we thought we would just get to 10 <laughs> damn yeah we really we were, were like if we get to 10 episodes we've succeeded no actually okay well. And now we're at 10 times 10. They're like, oh, um, wow. That, yeah, wow. That's exciting. Shit. Yeah. So, so, yeah, if you've been here from the beginning, thank you. If you just joined, thank you. Um, like we said, it's bi weekly and it's a podcast about shenanigannery. Sh- shenanigans? Shenan- shenanigannery? Yes. Shenanigannery. Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. And the, speaking of shenanigans, <laughs> this week. <laughs> And terrible transitions. Okay, this week we will be reading Neo Tenica by. Ooh, this week we'll be reading Neo Tenica by Jun Uchi Lee. Mm-hmm. And the first question is to Marcy. Ooh, look at that little rhyme in there. Um, <laughs> oh, why am I so annoyed? So, <laughs> yeah. Also, it's, it's early in the morning. Me and Marcy are. Are we awake? Maybe I don't know. Right. We'll see. Um, but <laughs> my question to you is: Why did you choose this book? Great question. So what's funny is that this book has been on my radar for like a minute now. I, it's funny. I was actually thinking mm. of picking it for last year. Um, at some point, I, I want to say I found it either last year or the year before. And I just remember mm. like, you know, saying like, oh, it's like this like, honestly, novella, like this shit is pretty short. Um, yeah. That has like a lot of different sort of, I guess, unconventional relationship betrayals and polyamory and all these different things. And I was just kind of like, okay, this seems like really dope and like my tea and just kind of like, it seemed Mm. from what I was gathering, it seemed like a book about just like sexual freedom and exploration um, and like truly (laughs) customizing one's own relationships. And like, even if Mm. that means of course, like falling outside of, you know, the binds of what is typically I guess, socially prescriptive. And what was interesting is that, like, there's a heterosexual couple at the center of it, which I feel like typically we don't always see this kind of discourse intersecting with heterosexuality. So I was like, okay, this this could be, like, very interesting. And I feel like this could offer some, like, I don't know, interesting discussion. So I was like, this looks cute. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Has it it been that so far for you? Just, I'm just, because I, I'm not. I'm not convinced it has been so far. Oh, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, again, just, this is like what we thought. This is like the committee was right. like, yes, this is what this book is giving. Not sure if it's fully giving it now that we're reading it. <laughs> but like, you know, it is at the very least interesting. Like this book yes, is very I, I interesting. Agree. But like, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. I. Yeah, <laughs> I only ask that not to not to like be like you know like hmm. right, <laughs> but more like 
<laughs> right. when you described it i was like oh this sounds very like we, mm. you know we talk about the books we're gonna discuss i was like oh yeah look at marcy even trying to get the heteronormatives mm-hmm. to have like a more expansive view right. of themselves Come and on, I yes. and I said, oh, oh maybe that maybe we're like immune because <laughs> 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 this book i think like there's a lot of the relationship it's a very honest telling of a lot of relationships but Mm. i I don't know if everyone's i don't know if people are customized right (laughs) right right um (laughs) which for anyone that's like huh we'll we'll explain why we feel like this yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of that um but before we get into that i because i mean shit it's the 100th episode anything goes at this point what the fuck ever (laughs) i actually have a question for you Akko. What? So it's for you and also for me. Um. So, <laughs> and for any new listeners, if they're like, "Why was that like a whole thing?" Usually, Aqua asks the question. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so you know context. Anywho, so my <laughs> question for you is that so in this book, there's a ritual that one of the characters' mother does. Um, that's kind of mm. in accordance with some of some of her deeper philosophical and spiritual beliefs. Um. And I wanted to ask you, are there any rituals that you do in your day-to-day, weekly, monthly, whatever, that either aligns with, that helps you kind of return to a philosophy that you hold and or just like makes you feel good, you know, just something that you just like to do, just like (laughs) make you feel good, feel aligned, all that good shit. Sure, sure. I feel like, I feel like there's like a, you know, I I like to drink chai, like answer to this, but, Mm -hmm. but that's i was i'm gonna go with a little one that's a little more odd Mm -hmm. because i think this one the one in the story is like more than just a comfort it's like like you were saying it's like a like it aligns with the character's deep sense of like how time universe and self works in relation to other people Mm -hmm. so uh there's a thing i do and i've done for a really long time where if i can't sort something out now or i'm stressed about it now i just like i think in the future this is already done or Mm. if i have a like so i used to have like an analog watch so if i had a stressful exam or something i would just like speed the clock to the future (laughs) when it was already finished to give a speech like i already did the speech (laughs) so it's already done so whatever it is it's already finished and uh, Lately, I've been taking that to like a larger extreme is not the right answer, but larger philosophy for people or conflicts I can't Mm. work out at the present. Mm. I'm like, okay, I can't sort this with you now. And I probably I might not be able to sort this with you for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, in three multi dimensions over, we sort this out. Come on. Maybe. 5,000 years in the future when I'm, you know, <laughs> a space alien on Mars and mm. you're <laughs> a comet, you know, spiraling past Mars, like that's enough to sort whatever this is. I don't know. I guess that time, playing with time and the idea that we're not, and this kind of goes to this person's mom's point. Basically, basically she was throwing fish <laughs> and sea animals back into the ocean and was like, in the future, I might be a fish and I might mm. need someone else's kindness. And so for me, it's kind of like, I can't sort this with you now and I can't sort this with you in this form, but maybe in a different form at a different time, whatever is like 
stopping us from from understanding each other mm. will make sense. And then I sometimes think every time I'm with someone and we understand each other, like maybe in a form we were before we couldn't, but in this form mm. we can. And that's what we're doing. Anyway, so that's my little mind thing. Maybe that will help someone else. Maybe someone's like, that's why. I- mm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, that's so beautiful. I, um, I'm kind of vacillating between two at the moment. I'll just say both. They're both fairly quick. So sure. as far as something that like helps just like feel good, I love just like a nice, and I like need to do this, honestly, I haven't done it in a, in a second, but like, I love just like taking a few hours and being like, all I am going to do is paint my nails and watch TV. Literally just going to like catch up on some sitcoms, catch up on some cartoons and just literally paint my nails because it literally forces me to be like, okay, bitch, you put on that first coat. You're not about to run around and do a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Like you you must sit. (laughs) You must sit your ass down and just wait. And I feel like there's something like spiritual about the practice of being like so i'm actually just gonna choose stillness um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. given that i'm typically not prone to always doing that as much as i should (laughs) so that's one that definitely is very calming and very like centering another one that i found that i do i've been doing more recently is um so for anyone that's curious or even marginally gives a fuck um i live in new york city (laughs) (laughs) so i live in new york city and so i'm often you know on the train and, you know, when I first moved here, I was very much like, yeah, we're going to like pop some music podcast. Yeah, girly. Like I'm like in transit. But now I'm just like, OK, if I'm like on the train, I like to just like, again, just do nothing um, mm-hmm. and just like look at people, but not just look at them, but like also just kind of like analyze the minutia of like their body language make up backstories for mm-hmm. them like just kind of like create stories of like, oh, like this person's going here. Or, like this person just did this. Like just like creating these imaginary yeah context around people not in a way for me to like arrogantly assume what they're going through but just to kind of like i don't know just like have a moment of connection um i feel like i don't know there's something about being on a train and just like all going to the same place it's like wow like we are all doing so many different things but like at this moment in time for whatever reason we are all in this like weird box together going to this one place you know like that's there's something very almost like astral about that like it just feels almost like yeah. a like i'm like am i in a spaceship like what's going on so i don't know I, I find that taking a moment to like just be still and be present and just kind of and also low-key and akko you and i have talked about this offline but i just wanted to say it on the mic um low-key you be noticing some shit when you really just like peep it like when you just like sit down and just like look oh, at the yeah. girlies i'm like oh it's hella dynamics on this train that i really would have had mm-hmm. no idea mm-hmm. <laughs> if i was just like you know, listening to the temptations or whatever. You know what I mean? So we love the temptations. We do love them. We do love them. But yeah, Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of like energy on this train. Um, Mm -hmm. Like all the time. It's never, it's never like, disappointing yeah, there's honestly never no energy right like it's always yeah. like it's never like oh like we're all just like it's like no no like folks are looking at each other shit folks are looking at me i'm like oh my god oh my god um <laughs> so like <laughs> it's kind of wild but um yeah but yeah and even if it is like a chill train there's that's also an energy right mm-hmm. like and sometimes that's the case like and i think you know I, I first of all, I love both of your points. I love your point about stillness. I love how you like you didn't take it to this place of like still for stillness. It's like stillness can also be like 
painting your nails and watching television, you know, mm-hmm. like just having that counterbalance. So I think that's really dope one. Not that if you want to do like a stillness practice, there's anything wrong with that. That's like also cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but um, the thing about the, I think a lot about like, how we don't think about the collective like consciousness in any given place that we're in mm. like in a like in a like a sports stadium or in a crowd and, and i think this is more the u.s i i feel like other places are a little more conscious of what i've seen or i'm making up i don't know if that's true but um i think there's like a lot mm. happening right like in a space with lots of people. I think we are all like innately in tuned with other people. And I think a lot of our like, I don't know, modern US sentiment is ignoring that very mm. in tunement. <laughs> um and I, I don't know, like it's I like what you're saying, like about and first of all, New York is such an interesting place to not listen to music on the subway, right? Mm. Like the same thing with like Chicago and the L. I like all these places are if you just like pay attention mm-hmm. there's like stuff happening and i you know it's wild is probably someone who's from like the 70s it's like you mean that thing we all did <laughs> right you're talking about <laughs> that thing we just collectively and that you also did because y- y'all weren't born in the 21st century and we're like right mm-hmm, yeah yeah like, okay so <laughs> it's like okay so y'all just forgot okay cool um you're like, how is this person who's not even here reading? <laughs> right. Like, it's like you're not even listening to the podcast and yet we're being read. Um, no, I, I, it's so funny because it's also to, to that point. Um, I mean, being on a train and being like, I'm literally doing nothing. My phone isn't out. I'm just looking at people. And like, you, just, you also just see how many people are on their phones. And it really be like a Black Mirror episode. Like, you're just like oh wow this is like this shit has us in a choke hold like that is oh my god like uh it's just yeah it's it's kind of wild yeah we're kind of i think we like look this is the pot calling the kettle black i think that's true for both of us Mm -hmm. but like i don't know y'all like should we i don't know do something about that. yeah <laughs> like, right should yeah. We figure, i don't know i don't i don't have any i have no prescription for the ales of modernity um speaking of ales of modernity if you don't mind marcy mm-hmm. um, i was gonna transition us right into the summary love that <laughs> thank god <laughs> bet all right well we will talk to you <laughs> <laughs> see y'all in a bit Okay, so yes, yeah, so Neotenica is, I mean, again, it's a, it's a fairly short book, um, and it's broken up into these mini stories, so um, Aqua and I basically went through the first four, so I'll talk about the first two short stories, and then Aqua will get into the last two short stories. Um, we're just going to kind of combine mm-hmm. them together. So the first story kind of gets into sort of the middle of a dynamic, essentially. So there's a description of a person... 
<laughs> so so there's a woman named Young A that we have not met at this point. We'll meet her shortly. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, the story is about her husband, who does not have a name. He is literally called Young A's husband each and every <laughs> time he is referred to, which we love to see. And the story kind of starts off with a description of him where basically we see that he's like tall and like awkwardly built um he's korean american and um he's basically on his way back from a party in oakland now um Mm -hmm. the book the the story kind of starts off with like some descriptions of like his i guess sexual personality and essentially we know that young a's husband um has sex with both women and men but primarily has sex with young a who is his i guess previous girlfriend now wife Mm-hmm. anyway so basically he's on the way back from this house party in oakland he's like on the bart train in san francisco just like by the way it's not like marcy is just not saying he's bi that's just literally how young a's husband <laughs> describes himself correct and i think marcy is just very conscious of the fact that people for various reasons like don't identify in certain ways and then i know during like the aids epi- epidemic it was like people didn't identify a certain way because that's like has an ethic like a like a racial component to it mm. and i think marcy's just like very aware of that it's not like they're trying to like erase do by erase or anything <laughs> thank you so much for saying that i literally didn't even pee that like yeah like i was just like yeah like the the i mean yeah the story very much is just like this is a description of his behavior it doesn't really go into anything about his like identity i mean identity wise mm-hmm. pretty sure he just says he's straight yeah so i'm like we'll just describe the behavior your identity mm-hmm. that's your business so right so yes yeah, so young A's husband is on the bar train coming back from oakland vibing a group of black teenagers gets on the train and just start basically just jump him out of nowhere um mm-hmm. and he doesn't like fight back and so later he gets to some stop and like gets off the train and there's some police there that like basically are like what the fuck like what just happened like are you good like da 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 and he's like yeah like i just got beat up on the train and they're like oh can you give us some more information and he's like that's so funny i actually cannot give you any more information and they're like <laughs> what the fuck and so then they like proceed to they like walk away and they're like irritated um and they end up calling him like a gay slur and like mm-hmm. in the in the scuffle of it all, um, we realized that Young A's husband had a copy of Beloved by Tony Morrison. Mm, yes, um, which he left on the train. I'm like, not you leaving mm-hmm. Beloved on the train, child. But also, you right. were getting. I mean, there was a lot going on, so it's fine. Oh, so much. <sighs> so yes. So that was. So I feel like an interesting racial component to this that I kind of want to pin to talk about because I'm conflicted. I am also conflicted. And I'm glad that you said that. Okay. <laughs> so, <funny. laughs> so yes. So Beloved is still on the train. Anyway. So the next story. <laughs> Sorry. I just see like Beloved picking up their own phone. On the train to read. <laughs> they're also like, <laughs> I know this man didn't just leave me on this train. No. And they're like reading like listicles. No, like literally Beloved itself is adding additional pages being like, not young ace husband. Leave me on the goddamn train. Like, SMH. <laughs> like hopefully someone finds me. Um, it's like, wait, why is this? new text after the acknowledgements anyway i'm dead chapter two is actually from beloved's perspective right (laughs) (laughs) uh we actually just read beloved actually anyway so (laughs) basically so so the next story kind of gets into talking about um young a who we finally meet and her Mm -hmm. husband and it kind of just talks about their original courtship dating process 
So the two of them met on an arranged marriage app. And just to give some context, basically, Young A herself is a former core member of the San Francisco Ballet. And Uh Young A's husband at the time of the meeting was a law student. Um, I don't know where he went to school, but he was passionate about like social justice. Mm -hmm. So the first date is pretty unremarkable. Like they like met up outside of this movie theater and like Young A's husband was like, we're going to go see Scarface. And Young A was like, that sounds like not great um but they saw it anyway and it like wasn't great like she was like wow that was terrible but then there um she was like well i'm trying to fuck if you on the same page he's like oh that's so funny i Mm -hmm. am also trying to fuck so they like went back to her place (laughs) and like got it on and popping apparently it was banging like banging Mm, that's what the book said listen i I wasn't there but that's what i was i that's what i was told (laughs) so anyway so basically we're like they're like getting to know each other more and more um, young A's husband ends up telling her like hey by the way like you know on occasion I like to receive blowjobs from gay men like it's not really like are you cool with this it's like a this is a thing that I come like this is this is a non-negotiable mm-hmm. thing that I do and she's like I mean I like whatever like that's fine so earlier when they first met when they were talking about like what they you know do for work and things like that um, young A originally was like oh yeah like you know I used to be a ballet dancer but I stopped because of like an injury and she felt like conflicted about that because technically that was, I mean, that was kind of true, but kind of not. So like later on in their court and mm. like in them dating, she was like, she like pulled up to his apartment, like unannounced and he like walked in and like saw her, didn't <laughs> react. And she was like, I have something to tell you. And then young gay's husband, or I guess boyfriend continued to not react and was like, Oh yeah, like whatever. Like, what do you <laughs> like need to say? And she was like, yeah. So the truth of the matter is, um, yes, I am a former ballet dancer, but the reason I left was not because of my injury because i knew that i wasn't talented enough to ever leave the core so for context the way that most ballet companies are set up is that you have like core members which is basically sort of like a entry-level dance position then you have soloist which is like the next level and then principal dancer so it's typically in three levels apprentice as well is usually below core but we don't have to get into all that basically she was like akos taking notes oh yeah (laughs) so basically she was like you know i was in the core but like i knew i wasn't really talented enough to ever become a soloist or principal so i I knew I didn't want to spend my whole career in mediocrity. So that's why I left. And Young Gay's boyfriend was like, I bet. So anyway, basically Young Gay was like, okay, cool. Yeah, well, he, was, un- he like, was not pressed about the situation at all. Like literally was like, I barely remembered you telling me the original story. Mm-hmm. So like, thank you for, I guess, adding right. <laughs> additional details. Like, arguably Young A isn't entirely listening to, Young A's husband isn't entirely listening to Young A anyway, for better or right. worse. Um, probably for worse. Probably for worse. And by probably, I mean for worse. Um, worse. So like undoubtedly. Um, this is the part where I was like, hmm, this is seeming real heteronormative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nuance, but anyway sorry continue so yeah so young a um is like well i'm trying to go back to school and you know do something else and so basically young a's partner was like oh yeah like that's cool whatever whatever i can like support you while you're in school so essentially the two of them continue to have like a pretty like chill inoffensive frankly easy kind of romance like they're just kind of like yeah and whatever um young a is like i mean yes could i be more attracted to him yes but also like i don't really go fuck low-key the two of them honestly have yeah. a very like kind of neutral borderline apathetic tone to them <laughs> like yes. it just it feels very <laughs> yeah. like yeah we're vibing yeah we're dating like whatever it just feels like they're both or like what's up like eventually like a kind of like you know and, and this 
maybe this is part of the discussions, but like you date and then you get married and then, you know, it's not about how you feel about it. It's like, this is just the course of human behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if the person isn't going to interfere with the course and how it appears to society, mm-hmm. then that's pretty much good enough. It's like, and if people are like maybe doing something on the side, that's fine. As long as the core <laughs> appearance is doing what it needs to, which maybe is kind of an older concept of what heteronormativity has always been. I'm mm. not sure. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, and then maybe that's the point of the book to examine this. Ago, is this the discussion section? It's not. Throw the mic back to Marcy. But actually throwing it back to you because of I'm done <laughs> actually with the first two stories. So I'm dead. Okay, so <laughs> As y'all can see, after a hundred episodes, we were like really good at coordinating. Right. So, <laughs> like, have we gotten worse at coordinating? Actually, like sometimes I'm like, I listen to like episode like six, seven. I'm like, we was on top of it when we first started. Like, oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. We're like, and then, da, da, da. right. It's Therefore, true. henceforth, I'm like, okay, transition words. Like now we're right. just like, yeah, girl. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you want to start? Like it's just very like we're just vibing it's at this true. point. So. It's true. Um, anyway, we, we think our like easy off the cuff tone is endearing. Maybe it's not. Right. So, Maybe it's aggravating. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So the next chapter is called Buddhism for Materialists, which I kind of like the title. Me too. Um, in and of itself. Anyway, so during the story, we basically find out that Young A's husband's mother has passed away. And Young A's husband is conflicted because they didn't really have the best relationship. Like his mother was critical of him in general, but even more so when he dropped out of law school, which is this is also where we learned that he dropped out of law school, which yeah. we didn't know in the first chapter. Right. Um, and he's also the oldest and he has like three brothers and, you know, a lot of them are like married and having kids and he's not really young A's husband isn't like that interested in like doing things if i the best way to describe him is like <laughs> bartleby the scribbler like that story like i prefer not to like that's mm. basically his running thesis to the whole book mm. but he also doesn't want to he also is like aware of what it looks like to be a social pariah <laughs> mm. so he's like he has this line where he's like i don't want to be I just want to do whatever I want without being getting like the social indictment <laughs> for mm. not following social scripts. Anyway, so he's worried because his mother had a lot of money. He, I don't know how she came into a lot of money because the beginning of the story sounds like she actually didn't have a lot of money. But I think she did real wor- estate or something like that later on. Right, right. There you go. See, Marcy read the book. So... <laughs> Uh, Akko was there the pages anyway so then um basically he's worried like i'm not gonna get any money she's super disappointed in me but she just evenly gives it to all of her her what four mm-hmm. sons like she just evenly distributes it like there was actually no drama at all it's actually the least traumatic <laughs> situation that ever happened <laughs> literally no one like, was upset like honestly like it couldn't have been yeah, more it, placid it was deeply anticlimactic mm-hmm. um but then, we, so we have these memories. We we kind of have these flashbacks to, to Young A's husband's memories. And I guess I, the best way to describe it is like a moment in time when I guess masculinity was formed in his consciousness where he really wanted this dog. And mm. he's like super upset about it. And I think Young A's husband's mom and 
his dad had broken up and his mom was like in a tough emotional space, but basically was like, stop complaining about this dog. Right. <laughs> and like kind of dismissed his emotions mm-hmm. and was like, you know, kind of giving this idea of you being like a very weak, emotional individual. And then there's this whole point where they have this ritual where his mom would like go to the the market and like buy all these sea animals like crabs and lobsters and then like mm-hmm. release them back into the ocean and that's what we were you know that was the thesis of our question earlier but um mm-hmm. and kind of saying like hey one day i'm gonna be a fish and i'll need someone to i'd hope someone would release me back into the ocean and mm-hmm. you know young gay's husband is like is this morality or is it reciprocity or what's the mm-hmm. difference is everything the same <laughs> you know are we kind for kindness sake or kind because we're all interconnected and is that better or is that worse and Hako was also not sure about the answer but it's okay because then the page flipped and the next chapter started right and, and it so, wasn't beloved because it's still on the bar train um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah beloved was like still speeding past like, <laughs> on the new york subway i'm one of the stations like a young person of color with caramel skin gets on great outfit mm. also isn't on their phone and mm. it's strangely looking at the book that no one else can see right their name's marcy they're like very invested oh anyway this became really like meta I love that. So in the next chapter that has nothing to do with that, it changes perspectives for the first time. So it's actually from the perspective of this guy named Bradley, who's a white gay male. And he has a dog, Betty. And he, so basically, I don't know, whatever. He's like, I, I don't I guess he has sex for money. So a sex worker. I don't think he does it for money. I think he just like cheats on his boyfriend. Oh, he has a boyfriend? Yeah, he has a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, and basically Bradley just has an appetite for cheating. So he has a boyfriend, mm. but he like hooks up with people on from the internet um, mm. using Craigslist, which I was like, not Tinder, uh, not Grindr. Just Grindr, Craigslist. I'm sorry, it's literally right grinder jacked we have options well yeah, i mean also but, white gays so like i actually don't don't go on jacked um grinder's fine you you stay on grinder <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but so i guess i mean yeah anyway but whatever craigslist i guess is as good as the next thing so mm-hmm. that's how he finds young a's husband and then they meet up in a cafe and it, it it's it's interesting because again young a's husband is like very stoic i guess is the right word to Mm -hmm. say it but it's like a not a it's not an it's like a very self-awareness so Mm -hmm. he's not really bothered by anything he doesn't really seem embarrassed by his preferences which is from bradley's perspective like he's kind of trying to figure out if he's going to be embarrassed or feel bad about cheating even though bradley doesn't feel bad about cheating (laughs) anyway um but i guess he's assuming because young gay's husband is is married to a woman that he would feel bad about cheating and then maybe have some homophobia sentiments about him young gay's husband has shown very little homophobia if any yeah um so anyway they hook up apparently the sex is once again banging so i don't know young gay's husband (laughs) is blowing everybody's back out (laughs) literally that's (laughs) the plot i don't know so it kind of seems like Bradley's fallen in love with him almost mm. a little bit. He wants to like give him a gift, but then he's like, I don't want to give it. He's like, cause he, I guess Bradley's kind of stuck in between his cynicism and his like, you know, like honest sort of attraction that's arousing him to a level of, of passion outside of cynicism, which, you know, for a, a U.S. cynic being aroused to passion is like terrifying. Mm. Um, I think his boyfriend 
Bradley's is also an Asian man. So it's also yeah, his like, boyfriend's Japanese American, I want to say. Yeah. And he's also very attractive. So like his reasoning for cheating has nothing to do with his attractiveness. And it, um, it's not, it's unclear. I don't even think he dislikes his boyfriend <laughs> from when I told him understand. Yeah. Um, it was like a kind of, um, and maybe we can get dive into this in the discussion section, but like he said something to the effect of like, he sees his boyfriend as very like almost there was almost like a purity narrative. Like he's like, I just want to like put him in like a glass box. So he like doesn't get yeah. dusty or dirty or anything like that. And I was like, what yeah. the f- fuck? Like what? Hey, do you think, and again, I know this is for this, but do you think that the whole point of this book is talking about like not heteronormativity as in like, you know, of someone who identifies as a man and someone who identifies as a woman, but as like complacency with social scripts and not like examining what your true underlying feelings Mm. and compassions are, regardless of who you're attracted to. And so that as like things become more acceptable, we never solve the underlying sentiment of like doing things because it's conscripted and it, and, and as opposed to doing things because of a deep sense mm. of want or true desire or self-knowing or expansiveness. And so like Bradley is doing the same, like this idea like that your boyfriend's peer want to put him on the shelf is a very mm. like heteronormative man right. way of thinking of their spouse and then cheating on their spouse with people who are quote unquote less pure or like, mm. you know, like I need to get this urge out somehow, but I don't want to like put it on my like societally acceptable relationship so i'll just do it over here and then like having a deep sense of unworthiness within yourself which bradley kind of talks about like that like there's a point where he's like i felt ugly and under his gaze like for a moment and you know so i don't anyway that's a thought Hmm. that i'm having that may or may not be true and i think you have a lot going on there friend i you think so yeah i i mean there is something even just very i mean even just like the ritual of young A's husband meeting Bradley and them like hanging out. It was just very formulaic at the beginning, right? It was like, yep, we, he's like, I do the thing that I always do. We go to the same cafe. Mm-hmm. We talk for a couple minutes. We go back to my place. Mm-hmm. It's very like, just like for step one, step two, step three, there's a clear script for how to do this. But then there was like these, like pa- these like moments of like tenderness that kind of disrupted the flow. And I think the mm-hmm. gift giving at the end, him being like, should I give this bitch a gift? And him being like, nah i'm like i mean clearly yeah. it's almost like there was like a moment of like back possi- into it right exactly like there was like a yeah. potential for authenticity but you chose like formula and social yeah. scripts uh, instead you know what i mean like it's it's just yeah hmm i don't know yeah because like well anyway we are going to put a pin on this because this is not the discussion section. Right. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll continue our thoughts and feelings. Okay. See y'all in a bit. And we're back. Woo. Okay. So now we'll just, I mean, listen, y'all, episode 100, we've done this a hundred times. We're just going to go into all mm-hmm. the thoughts and feelings, just jump right in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as far as how I feel about this book, this book is very, this book is very interesting, which is interesting is mm-hmm. a word that means nothing. So let me elaborate. I feel <laughs> like, 
I mean, generally speaking, I do like this book. I feel like there's something very kind of fun about these characters. Like there is like yeah. specifically young A and her husband. I just find them both like almost like unintentionally hilarious just in their yeah. like kind yeah. of deadpan apathetic like we're yeah. just whatever like chilling. Like it's just there there's something about like just their like earnestly not giving a fuck that like just feels really fun because it's not like a fake like oh like i don't care like i'm moving in silence like i don't have feelings like i catch flights not feelings it's like they legit like are like girl i'm just chilling like i'm literally just vibing it's just like it's it's interesting reading a story like a like a romance story where it's not this like passion and fireworks like it's just very like it kind of just flows. Like, I don't know. I, there's something about yeah, like just mundane. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That just feels very fun. So I find, I find the characters like unintentionally hilarious. I also like just a lot of the subtle subversions in this book. Like, for example, I live for the fact that it's just young A's husband. Like he's just, he's identified through young A and like, doesn't have a name. Like I just like, to me, that just feels very like, yeah. I, I'm like, I mean, yes, could he have a name? Sure. Like, I'm like, typically that's reserved, like that kind of description, like just describing someone as just someone's like husband or wife is like reserved for someone that's like a secondary or otherwise not that relevant of a character. So it's interesting having a protagonist <laughs> just like, that's just like <laughs> their name the whole time. <laughs> like, I'm just like, true. Wow. Like literally like Bradley has a name, but not young as husband. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, that's wild. <laughs> like, like the crabs that like his mom like threw out into the ocean, like had names, right. but like young as husband continues to not have a name it's just like very fun um I don't it's just, not like he doesn't have an internal mono like right i i mean i i it's interesting because we 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 kind of know what young A's husband is thinking i right honestly you read the book probably from the perspective of everyone else who knows young A's husband which is like I'm not entirely sure <laughs> what you're thinking at any given point, mm. which is probably how everyone around him also feels about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's kind of has a black box around what's going on in his internal monologue. Mm. And like, you know, that's the perspective we're getting, which is very interesting. Yeah. No, so and it seems to kind of confuse and irritate people, like with the police officers or like most mm. to the point of irritation. With Bradley, it like arises to this like kind of curious interest, mm-hmm. except for Young Gay, who seems fine. That, right, <laughs> that's just who he is. She's like, "Yep, that's that's um, fine." Um, I wonder if that's some type of love in of itself. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because yeah, he just shows up with a. There's a certain just like earnestness with like how he shows up to your point that like kind of just brings varying reactions from people where they're like, I don't, I, 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 I don't know how to interact with this yeah. person. Like that's just very interesting. I feel like also the book is just like, I mean, on the same point as far as like humor and things like that. I mean, I feel like the book is largely very, uh, very well written. Like I like a lot of the descriptions. Oh, yeah. Um, like I remember there was like something about like, um, I think it was like young A's husband was like wearing some kind of like, like a, like a certain t-shirt or like had a certain aesthetic. And like, it was described as like almost being like, like, looking like sort of like an ironic sophomoric like spandex singlet 
of someone who was like part of like a female rock band like just something that was like so specific <laughs> that i was like what like i literally had to look up half those words but i was like huh interesting or like young a's um physique kind of being described as having like sort of an aesthetic musculature that's similar to a lot of her other ballet comrades like just it's a lot of like very specific descriptions i just find very like i mean one just it it paints the picture really well of course but also like it it puts you like there's a certain it kind of goes along with the tone of the book like there's a certain like energy along with the like kind of generally low-key kind of vibe that i feel like the descriptions pull from which is like also just very interesting but um Mm -hmm. but yeah um i have some other thoughts about the book but i'll pause there um akko what were your thoughts yeah i think i agree i for me um i really like this style i don't know what style this is but i do know Mm -hmm. it is a style (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think it's similar to it has a similar tone to mapping the so maybe it's post post postmodern, but um it has a similar sort of dry tone to mapping the interior Mm -hmm. a similar like mundaneness to interpreters of maladies Mm-hmm. And then also this book I mentioned that's also oh well, this one's I think this is Korean it's been translated into English and while well, this book is Korean American um which but that called the vegetarian where it's mm-hmm. that same sort of dry almost like not complacent but like mundaneness while mm-hmm. doing something that like shakes up the social norm so perhaps this is there is like a cultural context here that we're getting insight to but mm-hmm. haven't like if we asked someone maybe they'd have a better way of encompassing that phenomenon with a word or a phrase mm-hmm. um i tend to like this style there's to me too there there's something very immigrant or non-american about it that really resonates with me mm-hmm. um in a sense that like emotions in the u.s and i think a lot of people have talked about this and i'm not even talking about racially i just mean like in the u.s emotions can be very like big <laughs> or mm-hmm. like um performative where in other places it's like that that emotive of an expression is like a little like inauthentic i guess Mm. um (laughs) i was talking to a british friend once and she was like talking to another british person who had been in the u.s and he was like isn't it doesn't it like kind of offset you how they how excited they can get about things like oh do you want to go to this movie yes i i would love to it's like you would love to go to the movies like right awesome was it awesome you know they were like and it's like in the u.s i wouldn't take if you were if you said you'd love to go to the movie i would take it to me you just wanted to go with me i would like Mm. i guess i would diminish your excitement by default by two percent like 20 percent you know oh they love but then it's like why are y'all doing that? <laughs> Just mm. Say the level of, and then maybe we have an insecurity about how much anyone likes us. And then, so then maybe, oh, God. This, it's, I mean, I don't know, but so then maybe in this with young A and young A's husband, it's like, we don't have to over express how much we like each other because the backdrop is that we're just going to be married anyway. So there's mm. almost like a comfort in it. But then also that's the same like restrictiveness that people find suffocating over time as well. Like, this like social Mm. the safety net of normality quote-unquote which i guess is also heteronormativity Mm. can also and and also i think it's mixed with like culture Mm. can also be suffocating and i think that's what maybe they're getting at 
or maybe not maybe the thesis of this is actually that it's preferable uh, who knows we'll get to the end and we'll see yeah um so i i really like this writing style it's probably one of the writing styles i like to use sometimes so maybe that's mm. also why i'm partial to it mm. um i am i like that um young a's husband is like I, I mean, I don't really care that much about sex, but one, the descriptions mm-hmm. of sex in this book are, are really nice in the mm-hmm. sense that they feel honest mm-hmm. without being overly performative or like mm-hmm. underly, uh, they don't undermine or like are disingenuous about the emotions involved either, but they're not over romantic about <laughs> like the actual physical act of right. sex, which is kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um Youngest husband also like doesn't have a large penis. And mm-hmm. I think that sounds like a small thing to talk about, but I think for a lot of heteronormativity, like, you know, obviously this does size matter. Not even heteronormativity, <laughs> that's like across the board, right? Yeah. Like everyone's always yeah. talking about <laughs> size and how it equates to pleasure. And maybe uh, again, that's a US thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe everyone in the world is concerned about this. Mm. But he, he seems, and, and obviously we're aware of the Asian man stereotype, but it seems like the way of countering that isn't to like just give Young A's husband like an oversized mm-hmm. <laughs> appendage, but rather just to be like, it actually has limited his life in zero ways so Mm -hmm. i guess we can stop cracking jokes about it now then right everyone it's kind of like the book's point and i was like that's i like it i mean again this is not something i particularly find to be it's a social norm that i've always found a little bit unnecessary and a Mm -hmm. little cringeworthy anyway but right i am like completely aware that i am not the majority on that point Mm -hmm. um so yeah so those are all the things I liked about the book. I'm going to keep reading it because I like it. Don't like... So this book is really good at everything except black people again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't... This used to be a common theme in the U.S. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, all these nuanced ideas of people except for this roaming gang of black bo- teenagers who the books goes into the fact that they have zero reasons politically or socially to beat up this man on the right. train. And you're like, then why is this in the book? Like, I'm right. so confused. And I really was reading it trying to be like, please tell, and because it's like the first page. Like, I was like, please tell me that this has a point. Like, please tell me that mm-hmm. this isn't just like an idea of masculinity. Because I feel like a lot of times in the US, and we, t- we talked about this in On Earth is Briefly, gorgeous as mm-hmm. well but as black men as a sort of um i don't know <laughs> image of masculinity in the mm-hmm. u.s but also of heteronormative masculinity that you want to like deconstruct and like and and toxic masculinity that you want to pull yourself away from to either mm-hmm. say you're like more progressive or you're not that type of masculinity without mm-hmm. like understanding that black people are nuanced in <laughs> their idea right. of masculinity is very nuanced like our idea of masculinity is, is really nuanced. So I don't know where this idea is that you can like project the flattening of society's masculinity onto black men in particular and black women mm-hmm. too. And then like, I don't know, use it to say where you fall on the heteronormativity rung and mm-hmm. then using that as specifically like that caricature of violence. Right. <laughs> so I was like, where is this going? I'm really worried that the only like, remedy they're gonna do for this is to create like an alt black character kind of like 
that doesn't address this at all, but like shows are like, see, I don't think all black people are like this. Here's an old black character who like isn't beating people up on. I don't know. I'm just mm. really worried that that's the only counterbalance we're gonna get, and right. I think that's gonna like kind of like when Lena Dunham was like in the show girls was like brings in childish Gambito who's then like a Republican black person who's like, Ew, basically wait, like not wait, all black people are, are you, the same and are, like oh. that's the critique to like give nuance it, it just feels like to me how do I say this it feels like to me the U.S. still has a really hard time <laughs> seeing black people as people <laughs> mm. and I don't mean that in like the obvious racism ways i mean i genuinely don't think a decent portion of people and this is probably globally think of themselves as the same person as a black person Mm. (laughs) like i think there's a genuine cognitive dissonance that makes us feel like other and i think that's why sometimes the books we write people don't think of them as books to expand the human consciousness but rather like books black people wrote about the black experience, which is somehow different than the human experience and therefore has like no overarching like benefit to understanding the other person's metaphysical like or existential existence. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that was really frustrating. I, 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 you know, like it's not lost to me that the black woman isn't even in the story. She's actually a book. <laughs> It's actually just the book, <laughs> Beloved. <laughs> and again, you don't have to put the black person in the book. I just I think it's interesting that Beloved is in the book. There's a roaming gang of black people is in mm. the book. <laughs> and Bradley's chapter is from his perspective. Mm. I'm just saying. That's so interesting. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that because I also literally was... Because, like again, to your point, I mean, this shit literally happened on, like, page four or earlier um and i remember just being like okay okay not sure what we're doing with this not sure what the goal is here what's the end game what the fuck is this like i literally was like what okay so there's a gang of nameless black teenagers just beating up young ace husband for no reason literally for no reason um and then like I feel like there was a there was like an attempted redemption when like he went to the police and was like, I'm not going to say their names because like I know what like black people in this country go through. Like, I'm not going to like invite yeah. police violence. But it's also like, I mean, now you're kind of taking on this like savior thing. It's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's a chop. It's a chop. Yeah. Me. Do you see it's, what I mean? Right. It's, it's othering. Like, right. It's not like. There wasn't a point where it's like, especially with young A's husband, who seems to like be this character that seems to like understand people. Mm-hmm. It seems like the extent of understanding of black boys is not turning them into the police. Right. Like the author wasn't like the author wasn't like saying anything about like the dynamics on the train that like that would that, you know what I mean? I, right. I guess I'm the 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 hand of the author is very clear to me here and i don't i'm sorry i cut you off i don't i don't love it is what i'm trying to say but yeah no it's just it that was very jarring but then after that story and for the rest of the book i was like i mean this is fine and and i think also i don't know maybe 
I'm also thinking about even just the role of um, point of view and narrative. Because even, for example, like in the fourth story where um, the protagonist there was talking about like his boyfriend and like, you know, uh, not wanting to like get him dirty and like things like that. Like, you know, like just in the very like um, pure botanical, or I don't know, I don't know how to, what the word is, but like the, the very like pure ways he was trying to describe his partner. Um Mm-hmm. I remember being like, this is like fucked up, but like because it's from a first person POV, I can understand like why you take on this perspective and it feels like, okay, like this is one way for someone to understand this dynamic, but obviously this is an untrustworthy narrator, or at least when it comes yes. to this perspective. But I think when it's written with, okay, young ace husband is on the train he gets beaten up by these black boys is this whole thing and it's just written as just like objective as like fact and like there's not really like a deeper critique yes. there that's when i'm kind of like oh what like i think that's also why it's just like okay this it's is like jarring. particularly jarring because it's like it's just like an unquestioned yeah. like dynamic that's going on um and there's even a point i think you've hit the nail on the head which is why yeah i also was like wait a second but bradley's chapter is from bradley's perspective so his it's kind of like when you read um Giovanni's room when you're like we can't trust what's his name Nick we can't trust Nick for shit like <laughs> you know like Nick is saying all sorts of stuff but you get as the audience that like that's the author is trying to tell us about someone's perspective right uh problematic sure but humans are problematic that's what the point of writing is correct but when you like you said like with this first one there's no like perspective it's yeah like it's 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 kind of painted as an objective situation mm-hmm. and then young A's husband has this line he's like i can understand why they're mad on the train you know i sometimes want to get on the train and beat people up too and i'm like okay wait a second are you saying that like it's just normal like <laughs> quote unquote men just like to get on trains angrily and beat people up and like, a part of me that's like that type of masculinity completely understands it. I'm like, well, that's, I think there's a lot of assumptions that these, the people you're talking about are like an unnuanced idea of masculinity, which again is what I think is projected on black men a lot. Right. And it seems a little unfair. And, um, sorry. yeah, uh, uh, no. I was, was going to say real quick. And even if we're, I'm, I'm not bought into that theory, but even if we were moving with the theory that like, men generally speaking more times than not get on trains and at least to some degree have an impulse to beat people up on the train like (laughs) the fact that it is like (laughs) black teenagers specifically who lack the like self-restraint or decorum to be like actually i'm not not gonna do do that that. right like i'm actually not going to do that because like why the fuck would i do that you know what i mean like it's like why like why is it that okay so black people would be the ones who are just just unrestrained like can't you know like right I think that it plays. Yeah. 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 It it just plays to like, I tried. I really did. I was like, look, not every story about POCs is going to be them getting along, nor should it be. And I was like, and look, not every time from one POC's perspective, are they going to give a deep nuanced view of a different POC perspective in the book or even have to include them? Mint. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. Not upset about that. But it feels like with this one, Mm-hmm. It feels like you put it in. I, I just it 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 lacks the nuance that is like very obvious, and it it lacks the care that is very obvious in the rest of the book. Mm. Um, 
And yeah, I think it makes a lot of assumptions. And I'm like, first of all, I've lived in a lot of different places. I've, I haven't really seen anyone get on a subway train and just start wilding on people in groups on the regular. Like, mm-hmm. uh, usually something's happened. Usually there's right, some type there's of some, right, motive. escalation, yeah. I'm not saying that that's never happened. I, that's not my point. But just taking into the account, like the idea of like, quote unquote, super predators in this like 1980s view of like black people and the roaming gangs (laughs) of black people (laughs) and social disorder. You know what I mean? And then like and then taking into account that black people have to we have to police ourselves more in public because of like heightened like awareness of what the police will do to us. The point is, I, I just seemed a little, I, I was, I was, I, this, um, let's, I don't know. There's not much to say. I was unimpressed. Yeah. Hopefully there's more to it in the story. Yeah. Maybe Beloved will make a reappearance. <laughs> Maybe Beloved will come back and save us all, which honestly, thank God. <laughs> um, no, great point there. Um, I will say, there. so I'm not sure if this is a critique as much as just like, a, I guess, an observation, just something that I'm kind of like sitting with. And we'll see what the rest of the story entails. But I am, I, I do think the, so going into this, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh yeah, like sexual exploration, sexual freedom, whoop, 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 yes, yes. Like that's kind of the vibe that I got before starting this book. And what's interesting is that as we're reading through, I I feel like the, you know, the young age husband's like sexual fluidity and all that 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 is like fine whatever right Mm -hmm. i think there might be i don't know might be some internalized homophobia going on there a little bit and Mm. i just feel like there's something, and, and this is something that, like, I, I want to be careful with how I say this because I know, you know, bi erasure is real. Like, I don't want to contribute to biphobia or no any bullshit like that, right? But I do think it is interesting that, like, you have a man that, you know, identifies as straight. He sort of assumes this more masculine role. He, you know, insists only on topping. Like, just, I feel like I always... I am always curious about dynamics where people are attracted to multiple genders, but there's sort of like an inherent like preference for for dating or courtship or like sort of a more romantic interest in in the gender that would be more aligned with like a heteronormative ideology or perspective, right? Like I I, I think reading this perspective of um young A's husband i don't know i i I guess a part of me is like just i think it's fine if like truly he's like you know i truly am mainly interested in dating women like with men it's just kind of like a sexual interest there but i think i always when people say things like that or when they express something that's like aligned with that i'm always just curious like to what degree is that just like plain and period fact whatever and and to what degree is that possibly informed by also just the social context that we're also navigating when it comes to sort of sexual identity and what what it would mean and what it would entail to then be you know more clockably queer does does, does that make any sense i I guess i'm kind of like it does i'm not trying to again not trying to erase anything but i am just kind of curious 
like maybe well, we can unpack this a little bit. Um, I also think it's interesting that Young A, and, and again, maybe we'll go back into this, but Young A's husband told Young A, I like to get blowjobs from gay men. Like, that's what he told her. That's but true. he's fucking Bradley is story number four. So, like, right. Those are two different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's. Yeah, interesting um really so i'm like point. is there a moment like are you being fully honest with your partner um and if not i don't even think young gay's husband is being fully honest with himself that, yeah <laughs> it's just one of those but things, i do think yeah sorry i i i, I i'll let you finish sorry yeah, yeah no it's just so it's just it makes me curious um to what degree I guess I'm just curious to, to to learn more to see what what some of that psychology behind some of this is, um, because yeah, it just it's just interesting. Um, but but what were we, we going to say? Do you think that? Well, you know how in the same way like whiteness has evolved over time, like heteronormativity has also evolved in like changed over time because like right like if you went back in the day i'm sure a lot of people would be like well of course i'm still straight even though i like i'm sleeping with this man mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like heteronormative and i think the thing with majority right it's like and i think i talked about this with you once maybe offline like mm-hmm. the thing about being in the majority culture isn't that you're like doing anything different than anyone else it's just mm-hmm. that your particular idiosyncrasy is seen as normal like that's just like right right so like to be the majority like you know that's like why whiteness is so hard to place for people who are white because it's not your idiosyncrasy is i guess um paved over or made okay merely by being white like you're not Mm. actually doing anything different from any other person right and i I think that's kind of the same thing with heteronormativity and 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 so like like i think if you went back to the 50s like someone would be like yeah that guy has a wife and kids so he's clearly straight you're like okay Mm -hmm. but he's sleeping that person on the side that wouldn't make him any less straight and you're like so what does straightness mean what is right can someone tell me like you're like raising your hand can someone tell me what heteronormativity is because i think we're all saying it's about who people are sleeping with when really it sounds like it's a really we're using it as like a signal or nomenclature for like socially acceptable or like the person people like masculinity mm. or like socially acceptableness i don't know like it doesn't seem like perf- like you know what i mean yes like, <laughs> i and and if we want to get historical about it uh, you literally just like i mean fuck the nail on the head you just slammed the goddamn nail i <laughs> i mean that, that that is exactly what it was like right like this idea of like, it wasn't like, like, if you were a man sleeping with a man, you were considered really only gay if you were in, like, more of the, what's socially coded as more of a feminine role. Like, if you were the more receptive partner, bottoming, whatever. But if you were the person right. that, like, is taking on what heteronormativity, heteronormativity deems as a more masculine role in that interaction, like, it's like, oh, but, like, you're you're cool. Like, you get to maintain, like, your privilege and heterosexuality and all of that. So right yeah so like maybe by heteronormativity (laughs) we're really just talking about 
our prescribed ideas of masculinity and power and our prescribed ideas of femininity and not power, which mm-hmm. is why like young gay's husband moderately disregarding his yeah. wife is just like the mm. most modern and heteronormative thing. I don't know. Like, hmm. I, I, and like, which is why like maybe who, if whether or not you're sleeping with someone the same gender or different genders, like maybe the same dynamic is can always creep in hence which what you have with bradley and his boyfriend mm. and maybe that's the author's point and maybe yeah. not <laughs> i'm not sure um the older i get the less answers i have but it's at least like you said marcy worth the convo so yeah yeah so yeah thanks for choosing this book of course yeah no this book if nothing else it's interesting, um, and honestly, I will say, as far, I, I, I don't think this is a book that necessarily comes with predictions. But something I am curious in seeing more of is, um, I want to see more of Young A. Um, I feel like Young A's husband yeah, getting yeah. a lot of screen time, and also, like, I mean, especially if we're thinking about like sexual exploration and things like that. Like, what's her relationship with sex? Like, I'm, I'm curious more about like her psychology, her, like. I'm hoping that, like, in this relationship, yeah. like, there is, like, sexual exploration and expansion that's being granted to all parties. So, if that is the case, I'm, I'm curious to see mm. what that looks like for her. Um, yeah. So, that's the only thing I would yeah. say as far as, like, what I'm looking forward to in the future. But, um, yeah. Oh, otherwise... I, my prediction is there's definitely going to be an alt-black man. I just, oh, really? I'm so sh- I'm so sh- Marcy. <laughs> I'm so sure of it. <laughs> like, because otherwise, the beginning of this, unless they're going to go back, I just, unless they're going to go back and do something about the first four pages where it's like, actually, the four boys showed up again and they just wanted a hug, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no, I, I, anyway, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think I'm wrong, you know, we got a Twitter. <laughs> don't, don't add us on Twitter or Instagram. Just email at us at the, at these color pages at gmail.com because, that's how we answer. You can also go to our website, thesecolorpages.com, and um, I don't know, send us a message there or look at our cute photos and, um, you know, be happy. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes, I love that. And if the show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, please leave us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. But yes, regardless of where you're listening to this podcast, please leave us a comment, a rating, review for all the Spotify girlies. They do give you the option now to leave a rating. So please do leave us a rating wherever you're listening to the show. Also, if you are just like, you know what, there's someone in my life that I feel like could really benefit from this episode where we're just talking about sexual exploration and things like that. Like, if you know someone and you just want to send them this episode, feel free to just shoot them this episode, shoot them the link, no context, and then just take your phone and just throw it into an ongoing shower because that is really going to help us to expand our community, help us to grow, and really just get us to where we need to be next. Now, as far as next time, we're just going to finish the second half of Neotenica. Um and get into the rest of that shit. But between now and then, Akko, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, just until we meet again, remember to stay stay colorful. colorful!